Hey, hi, hello, how are you? Welcome to Atomic Radio Hour, episode 242. How are you? You look great. I got some uh, news today coming out of Bethesda, or Microsoft's camp, which will affect Bethesda. I got a fun piece of lore from everybody's favorite Fallout. And then to wrap it up, I did something really cool, and I'd like to share it with you. Hope you guys are doing well. I, uh, I'm back. You look great. You smell fantastic. You look like a million bucks. Recently, I got hip to some news by everyone's favorite Kyle. Kyle. And he sent me this message about Microsoft. And Phil Spencer, I tweeted out the other day, We have signed a 10-year agreement with NVIDIA that we will allow GeForce Now players to stream Xbox PC games as well as Activision Blizzard titles, including Call of Duty, following the acquisition. We're committed to bringing more games to more people, however they choose to play. That seemed cool, right? Uh, anybody can play anything as long with NVIDIA's help, right? So then I also get this from Brad Smith saying, we've now signed a binding 10-year contract to bring Xbox games to Nintendo's gamers. This is just part of our commitment to bring Xbox games and Activision titles like Call of Duty to more players on more platforms. Microsoft, And then there's a photo here. Microsoft ha- have now negotiated and signed a binding 10-year agreement to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo players the same day as Xbox with full feature content so they can experience Call of Duty just as Xbox and PlayStation gamers enjoy Call of Duty. We are committed to providing long-term equal access to Call of Duty and other gaming platforms, bringing more choice to more players and more competition to the gaming market. So, what I take from all of this is that we're going to get a John Halo Master Chief Amiibo. Probably not. Probably not going to get that anytime soon. It would be cool, but it just... it, It seems to me... It seems to me that it's just going to be, we're going to get to a point where everything is on every console except for four games. I think Call of Duty is going to be the first game that they kind of share. And I've said for a long time that Nintendo should have Call of Duty on their system. They should have these big games. They should have the opportunity to have multiplayer. They should. Because Nintendo's fine. Like, they make a fine product. If you like it, you like it. But, like, you can't, I don't know, it's just, it's such a weak console. It's graphically inaccurate, inadequate, it's, it, it feels like a kid's toy at some times, and yeah, they came out with, like, the OLED Switch, and it feels a little more adult. I have a friend with one, it feels a little more adult, but it's just, not much has really changed. It still kind of feels like same stuff, different day, if you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like... They're very much in their own lane of, and I think it's wild that like Nintendo doesn't have to put on Call of Duties. They don't have to put on all the big stuff because they can very much get away with just, you're going to buy this console because we, you want our games. Most people I know that have switches have two or three or four or five Nintendo games that are like their games and then a handful of indies. Very rarely do I see people that are just like, yeah, I love this thing and I take it everywhere I go that are over the age of like 14. Like, I love this thing. I take it everywhere I go and it's the only thing I ever want. Like, I don't think it's weird to carry around a Switch because I was carrying around a Game Boy well before I had a phone. Everywhere I went, Ruby in my pocket, Pokemon Ruby, everywhere I went. It's just, it, it was a thing. My character's name was 1234567. I don't know why. It just... <laughs> 
I'd like to see Nintendo actually be like a like, and I'm not to say that they're not the big dog because they are, but they don't feel like they're fighting against Nintendo or they're fighting against Sony or Microsoft. They feel like they're off in the corner, just kind of doing their own thing, which is fine. It's kind of what Nintendo's always done. But Nintendo used to be the big dog at the table. The N64 came out and it was cool, but then the PlayStation One came out and they were like, ah, yes, discs. And ever since then, PlayStation, in my opinion, has held it down. And yes, Nintendo continues to sell and sell and sell. I'm not saying that they're not a high seller. I'm just saying it feels like a supplement. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just me. But it always felt like you either bought a PlayStation. This is the thing that they get, though. Because you either buy a PlayStation or you buy an Xbox. But then you buy a Switch. Then you buy something Nintendo. And I guess they don't really have to change because they're making all the money they could ever need with that. And they're opening up Super Mario World or Land in uh, Orlando and Universal's the movies coming out. So they're obviously doing something right. It's just it's nice that it's going to be like, oh, hey, the big boys have something that they might want to play on Switch. But also, I think Switch is a very casual console. And if you can get a casual console like that and then... You can get something that's a more casual game that is taken a little more seriously, like Call of Duty. There's a new one every year. They don't really change. You have a winning, so you have a winning thing. Like you, like Microsoft and Nintendo's relationship. I have a feeling is going to be really big, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a huge relationship there, and they start to bring back rareware games. If they bring back like Conquer, if they bring back Banjo Kazooie, if they bring back Battletoads, because rare like i don't know i don't think rare makes great games personally they make fine games i just don't think i think a lot of people are blinded by nostalgia personal hot take but i have a feeling that if they were to bring back and make a true banjo 3e or a conquer's bad fur day 2 or even just use conquer again in some shape form or fashion and maybe do like a Battletoads. Maybe do something for kids. Because I think they're doing that backyard game that's uh, Obsidian and... Is it Obsidian and Rare? No, I'm sorry. I apologize. Obsidian's doing that. Rare is doing Sea of Thieves, which is a fine game. I have problems with Sea of Thieves. I don't feel like I'm leveling. Like I'm a certain level or I'm doing X and I've gotten Y done, but like all of my stuff is cosmetic, so I don't really feel stronger. Anyway, not important. Sea of Thieves on Switch, I think we do really well with a lot of kids. It's a game that you can just kind of like sail around with your buddies. I think they do really, really well. I have a feeling that this is going to be a big deal. And I have a feeling that I wouldn't be surprised if Sony down the road becomes the guy in the corner doing his own thing. But that's just the cycle of things. That's how things go. All of this to be said, how is this going to affect Bethesda games? Are they going to say, hey, we'd like to have a partnership with Sony so we can do something so our exclusives can be over there? Not that Call of Duty is ever going to be an exclusive, but maybe that's how they get their foot in the door. Maybe they say, okay, you know what? Maybe not Bethesda Studios games, except for Starfield, but maybe not Bethesda Studio games are going to be only on Microsoft. Oh, I'm sorry, are only going to be on Microsoft. Let's say that all the new id and arcade games are only going to be on Microsoft. Unless you don't want to work a deal. I can play Redfall on my Switch, but I can't play it on my PlayStation. Play ball, Sony. 
That's just the way I see it. I'm probably wrong. Who knows? I'm just a guy who yells on the internet, so we'll find out together. That's really all the news for this week. Nothing exciting is happening uh, in games lately, or just really anything like worldwide that isn't just sad. And I think it's just because we're getting close to June, uh, which, hey, fun time of the year. I always enjoy June. Kyle will be on soon to talk about that. Stop right there, me. Sorry to interrupt myself. But there's something I want to talk about. Two things I want to talk about real quick. Hi, it's me from the future, yet the past at the same time. How are you? Uh, just real quick, I wanted to talk about this because I only found out that it happened. So today is Thursday, 2-23-23 in the year of our Lord. And I just realized uh, moments after recording that I missed a huge story that I want to talk about. Uh, so... Before I even want to talk about that, I'm sorry, after I want to talk about that, I do this thing with a friend. We call it Shitty Pizza Thursday. Uh, we just go out on Thursdays and eat shitty pizza because it's, we live in Colorado, a state that doesn't – to bake anything, there's like special instructions. So pizza here just sucks. Like if you have to boil water or fry anything, like the temperatures are different because of the altitude. It's a whole thing. So we go to Little Caesars, or as I like to call it, Tiny Kaiser, and – this is this is a true and real story. We go in there, and there's just just me and a home, uh, me and a homie, right? We go in there, and the whole place the place is packed, and this this young black dude, not that it matters, this young black dude comes up, and I'm like, hey man, and at first the manager was like trying to help me. He's like, hold on, and he's like showing me everything they got to make, and I'm just like, cool, can I order? And he's just like, one second, and then like this young black dude comes up, and he's just like, beat. And I'm just like, hey man, busy day. He's like, yeah, man, you'd never, you'd never seen anything like. It. We just had rush hour and shit. I'm like, cool. He's like, yeah, dude, it's my second day. I'm like, oh, big boy, second day. And he's like, yeah, I'm excited. So I like pay for the pizza, and then this other dude just comes up to me, and I don't know how to explain it other than just like a big child, like he just had a baby face. And dude's like, hey, you, sir, I'm wearing exactly what I was wearing when I was there. That's why I'm wearing something different because I'm recording this the next day from the pr the other the rest of the episode. He's like, hey, sir, in the gray sweatshirt. And I'm like, what's up, man? He goes, you like family guy? And I'm like, not really. Joke's on him. I ironically love family guy. So he's like, you know, Herbert from family guy. And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm, and he does this whole voice. And he's like, I just love children. And he's doing this whole thing. And they go, hey, and the guy who like took Martin is like, hey, man, can I get a name for that order? And I'm like, Vince, please hurry up. And he's just like, thanks, Vince. And then this dude doing the Herbert the pervert voice just goes, that's a nice name you got there. And I'm like, thanks, pal. And I turn around and I sit down. I look at my friend and we just start dying laughing. And then the, the guy's like, order here for Isaac. And then it was just us in the store, like everyone had left. And he goes, good, if you're not here, I'm throwing it away. And it was just like the most hood-ass Little Caesars I've ever been in. It was a just a well-rounded experience. I just, I, I had to like tell somebody, like I couldn't believe it happened. I just like, and now I'm sitting there going like, I can't go to any other Little Caesars. And they make just such awful pizza. It's just not good, but it's one of those things where it's just like, I know what it is and it costs nine bucks, right? Anyway, all right, this is what I really wanted to talk about. I just had to tell that story because it was buck wild and just one of those like – so behind me will be pictures, more leaks of the Fallout TV show for Amazon Prime. 
And I'm tired of saying I'm excited for the show because I'm excited for the show and there's not much to go off of for these leaks. Like I said, there's pictures behind me. There's one of a bunch of people in line with vault suits on. So I'm assuming they're extras. There's one that I really want to talk about. One of this is Hondo COVID check-in. I don't know what Hondo means. And another one that's just a Pip-Boy. That's just somebody's Pip-Boy. I can't see a name on it or anything. I see radio. It looks pretty... Okay, flip around, you piece of shit. It looks pretty accurate to the game, but doesn't say anything. But the one I want to talk about is... It's Vault 33, and it looks like a classroom, and there's so obviously a new California Republic flag there. And so Vault City is Vault 8, and this is a, is is apparently... 33 is now in NCR territory and is part of the NCR. There was synopsis that leaked that said it said that there was a thing about the Brotherhood invading Vault City and I, I had said early on that I really hope they don't make this just a Brotherhood show which probably, who knows, might happen it's not super important but I don't think of Vaults as being necessarily Brotherhood I was reading a lot of comments on Twitter about about this post, and one of them kept saying that it was San Diego, which I don't know where that's coming from. I guess they're basing it off number. There was also uh, apparently something was said early on in the development of New Vegas that that Obsidian wanted to nuke San Diego completely and just have that in the lore, but Bethesda was like, hey, no, we want to use that for something. So maybe it takes place in San Diego, I think it's wild to have a vault. This is what I think perturbed me the most about seeing the screenshot is that you see a vault and the people are still in vault suits. And I'm not currently looking at the picture, but I believe there's a laser pistol or rifle on the, on the desk there. So maybe there's some brotherhood influence. There's also the brotherhood and the NCR don't really get along at this point. So maybe it's just someone in the vault with a laser gun. Well, at this point, as far as we know, I don't know what year this is taking place. Uh, Walton Goggins is playing a ghoul, so it could be right after, it could be just before we are in the timeline, it could be sometime after Fallout 1 and Fallout 2, but just seeing, seeing the NCR flag, that's one thing, that doesn't really bother me, what bothers me more is the fact that they're still wearing vault suits, why would you have a vault suit on if you're in ncr territory if you're an ncr citizen you are now part of the new california republic you wouldn't like i could see the older people but the guy in the shot looks like a younger fella that's the only thing that doesn't make sense to me if they explain it in a way that makes a minimum amount of sense i'll probably let it pass because i just want the show to be good but it just was one of those things that i'm sitting there looking at it going like how are you going to explain this? I really don't think that I th I would think if I was a writer and I was writing this, NCR comes in, says we're annexing your land. The people are either yes, no, or yes or no about it, or they're indifferent, which is really only the three options you have. But I doubt anybody would be like, unless they're a, a hardcore supporter of the NCR, I can't see them saying anything but like, yeah, like why would you keep that why would you keep that vault suit on unless you're an old timer? Like unless you're someone who's like I was born in this vault and I'll die in this vault type people. It's interesting. I would love to know what you think. Like I said, there should be pictures behind me 
uh, currently, but like, let me know what you think. Let me know what you have to say about this. I'd love to get some feedback. This seems to be like the first piece of like substantial lore, the first piece of anything really substantial that we can kind of take and maybe hypothesize upon of what's going to happen. There's cool, like, inside the vault stuff. I hope 33 plays a big part. I hope it's not the sole focus. The vaults are really cool in Fallout, but I think what's really cool about them is the experiments, and then you kind of peter out when you have a whole world of other minutiae to explore about, like, someone who somehow learned how to tame Yaogwai, or someone who, like, is immune to rad scorpion venom and is now king of the rad scorpions! Just, like... Someone who is sexually attracted to feral ghouls and will stop at nothing to make sure that they bust and bust heavy. Like, just there's a bunch of other shit out there that I feel like is cooler to explore outside of vaults. Because I feel like once you either go, it was an experiment or it was a control, you're kind of done. Don't get me wrong. Like, I want vaults. But, like, I'm not going into... I'm going into a new Fallout game going, ooh, I can't wait to see what the conflict is. I can't wait to see what the people are. I can't wait to see what the vaults are. But the vaults are 15 to 20% of what I'm actually, like, looking forward to. I don't know. Let me know uh, what you think. Let me know what you have to say. And uh, put it in the comments. I love you very much. Sorry for interrupting myself. So, um, back to me. Thank you, me. Mord 11. Before I get into the lore, I would like to thank a couple people. Uh, because of the Patreon, I can continue to make the show in the way that I want to. And because of you guys, I continue to do what I'm doing. And I love you very much for it. Uh, the show is getting bigger and better every day that I have a new idea that I can do something. And there's actually something I'm going to talk about a little bit later. Um, but I have a camera. I have a really nice, like, full HD 60 frames a second HDR enabled camera uh, that I can essentially use instead of a Logitech webcam and bring this into true HD, maybe get some lighting, things that I can do because of the Patreon, things that I can do because of the support of, of a few individuals who like the show and want to see it get bigger and better. So I have to thank them. So starting from the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, it's Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. After Marcus, it's TP. Thank you, TP. And last but certainly not least, I have to thank mellow millhouse again like i said because of you guys i continue to grow the show and make it bigger and better uh and i love you and i thank you thank you the show is entirely fan funded i love you now for the meat and potatoes of the show every week here what i'd like to talk about is my favorite one of my favorite things in the world is the fallout series the video game series and i have a piece of lore from everybody's favorite fallout game fallout new vegas Usually I ask a question in the Discord, and the first person to get the question right gets to pick this week's lore. This week I chose the lore. So if you'd like to hear any lore whatsoever, make sure you're in the Discord. And this week's lore is on the Atomic Wrangler from Fallout New Vegas. The only functioning casino in on what was formerly Fremont Street in Las Vegas is now is now part of New Vegas, but more importantly, more accurately, I should say, it's part of Freeside. Now, this casino is run by the Garrett twins, both Francine and James Garrett. Uh, and this, this casino offers up a couple of quests, some of them being Debt Collector, all of them being Debt Collector, Talon Pool, Wang Dang Atomic Tango, Big Winner Atomic Wrangler, Friend of the Followers, Long Term Care, and Smooth Talking Criminal. 
Now, this is a staple, uh, the Wrangler. Actually, I'd like to show something off. Give me just a moment. Now, I have, not the brag, but I have the uh, Fallout New Vegas Collector's Edition, and one of the tokens that you get of the casinos is of the Atomic Wrangler. Please focus. Chip, token. I don't know why it's not wanting to focus. Here it is in all of its glory. It's a very nice chip. I love the way it's done. The little homage to Dr. Strangelove, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Just such a nice token. It's only worth 10. Uh, it's also something that when Olive and I created the show, we looked at these and went, oh, wow. We drew a ton of inspiration for the logo and the color scheme from this coin from the game without even realizing it. But it is a staple of the wasteland. It's a staple of the Mojave. It's a staple of New Vegas. And some of the people that like to hang out here, it's a very popular hangout for the Van Graffs, the Kings, uh, some caravanners, and some of the NCR citizens that are passing through that aren't poor, but just a little down on their luck. The bottom floor is comprised of a stage, a bar, a cashier room, a kitchen, and bathrooms. There's also a very hard locked door to a storage room that the key is held by the Garrett twins, but because of their own incompetence, they'll open the door and then never lock it again, meaning you can get inside of it. The second floor has a balcony that looks over the bar and the stage, and this is also where some of the rooms are. There's a couple hotel suites that are there, and also a room that you can rent out. As well as the corner room, all of this located on the second floor. The third level is the living quarters of the Garrett's and the Wrangler's employees. And it's something that I never thought about, especially in a place like New Vegas, is... The people that work in these casinos, if you look at someone like Swank and Benny, Benny has a suite, but never in my mind did I ever think this is exactly where Benny lives. It's where Benny hangs out. I thought that's where Benny takes girls back to. I thought Benny had some place somewhere else, but it would make sense that he would have, even in the comic, there's that really dope shot of Benny looking over Vegas. So it would make sense that he would live here. If anybody would live there, I could see like the head guy living there. But all of the Atomic Wranglers people work and live inside of the Wrangler. So you live at your job pretty much, which is fine if that's what you're into. What's neat about this is if you're found, if the courier is found in the guards area, the, the employee area, the guards will follow you around and ask you to leave. And they are not immediately hostile, even if you break in. Now, because this is a casino, you could come in to gamble, gamble. And if you're playing the game, like I feel like a lot of us played the first time we ever picked the controller up, you did a playthrough that was high luck just to see what would happen. And if you play with high luck, I don't know about any of the other games because I was always told you never play roulette and you never play slots. You stick to blackjack because you have the highest chance of winning. If you play blackjack, you're more likely to hit 21s and you're more likely to just come out winning. Uh, so if you hit an accumulation of 1,250 caps, you're given a beer as a gift. If you hit 2,500, so 2,500 or more, you're given a whiskey and a dapper gambler hat. If you hit 33,750 chips, you are given absinthe, rum and nuka, and a dapper gambler's suit. Now, these are all things that can help you get into New Vegas. Uh, New Vegas has the 2,000 chip credit check to make sure you have enough money to get in. If you have a decent luck or you just feel like playing a few hands, you can go and uh, try to get 2,000 caps, but also the dapper gambler suit gives you a buff that might help you not only at the casinos, but might help you get in as well. 
Now, if you hit 5,000 ships, you're banned. And because this is such a small casino, there's actually no floor manager. So when you're given these gifts, instead of someone approaching you like they do in the Gamora or the Tops or the Ultralux, they're just given to you. They're just in your inventory. Same thing with being banned. Now, if you get banned, you can't gamble any longer, but you can still just walk around. You can still mosey. You can still look at stuff. Now, I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com, and the Atomic Wrangler is something that I wanted to cover. I believe I, I believed it would have a little more lore to it without touching the characters or the quests that go into it. I wanted to talk about it itself. But it is inspired by a real-life place. It's inspired by a place called Atomic Liquor that is on Fremont Street in Las Vegas. And the logo of it, the man riding the atom, is reminiscent of Doctor Strangelove or how I uh, decided to start loving the bomb. There's a character who goes by the nickname of King and his last name is Kong, uh, who drops out of a, a a plane on the nuke, waving his hat. It's a very, very famous shot. You've probably seen that even if you haven't seen the movie. You've seen something reminiscent of that iconography. All of that is, is uh, inspired for the Atomic Wrangler. The Atomic Wrangler cry. I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com. The Nukipedia, if you will. The Atomic Wrangler crier has a very famous... I'm going to play it. It's right here. Hungry? Thirsty? Horny? The Atomic Wrangler has you covered. There, it's, it's one of those things that every time I play this game, I think of it. I go past and I think, hungry, thirsty, horny? Like, it's just one of those things that I can't escape. And it's... Uh, Said by like a 15-year-old. Some of the inhabitants that you can find inside of the Atomic Wrangler are Caleb McCafferty, Francine Garrett, like I said, James Garrett, Harden, Henry Jameson, Beatrix Russell, our boy Fisto, Santiago, or Old Ben. There's also a Nuka-Cola Victory in here. And like I said, I get all of my stuff from the Nukapedia, but that's all the Nukapedia really has to offer. It's a really cool casino. I feel like it's very easy to miss if you're not one of those people that just wants to look at everything. I feel like the first time I played, I wasn't really looking at everything and I missed it. Um, I missed Fisto. I remember someone telling me about Fisto. I was like, it's a, I'm sorry, what? It's a robot that the guy wants and he puts fist in his butt tight. Like I just didn't, I didn't, uh, didn't see it. Didn't do it. This is a very cool vault, or vault. It's a very cool casino, very cool addition to the world. Makes the world feel more alive, even if the lore on it seems to be a tad short. But that, my friends, is all I have for this week's lore. So, this past weekend, I got to do something cool. As, as you see in this, it'll be a, a week since I did this. I have a friend who works at a place called Woodward, Woodward, uh, here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. And I drove up to see him. It's a few hours, few hours of a drive. Uh, depending on traffic, it could be anywhere from two to three hours. So I don't know how fast I'm going to from room. And they had a big event. They had, uh, I spoke about this last year, about this time. They had professional skateboarder Andy Mack show up to do a demo. Uh, he skated with a bunch of kids and then gave all the kids a bunch of free stuff. I got a Vans bag over there and some stickers just because I split it with someone because they had one left over and I went up with a friend and I was like, look, let's split it. Um, I just want the bag. You can have the t-shirts. Right. So I went up behind me some footage. I got some great footage of uh, of Andy Mac skating, my friend skating, this dude, Sam, who's a fantastic skater. Just it's just cool. I got to mess around with my camera. The one I was talking about earlier in the episode, 
I got to uh, take some great footage and take some pictures and just be around skateboarding again. And because of Woodward, the place that it is, I got to like bounce around on trampolines just because it's because my friends like the dude there, like he's just the guy, the fella just bounced around and had a grand old time. There's a bunch of, there's probably a bunch of footage behind me of some cool stuff. I don't know how much I haven't really gone through it yet. I feel like I haven't been able to sit down since I got done. Cause I've done nothing, um, but drive and work. And, uh, the weather in Colorado has been fine today. Kind of sucked, but it was cool. It was a good time. I enjoy stuff like that for obvious reasons. Also, cause I get to see someone I grew up with. I get to drive around a bit. I get to see a bunch of new people. And also I just get to see people that are good at something like Andy Mack is the number one, most X games winners in history. Like I think Tony Hawk holds the title of the most medals, but Andy Mack has won the most X games. If I remember correctly. And the way my friend made it sound was like, they didn't pay him. He called up and was like, yo, I want to come do this. Can I do this? And they're like, sure. And they might hook him up and give him some stuff. But it was like, here, come and hang out with these kids. And there was a bunch of people. And one of these these dudes I was talking to, he had to be like a straight edge guy. Like, he just had to be one of these old school straight edge like, I just want to skate because it's something I can do with my time. And it's not drinking or smoking or sex or caffeine or cigarettes. Like, he was just a cool guy. Very positive. We're talking and we're talking about like this one kid. I thought I got this crazy shot. This kid behind me at some point has probably been Andy Mack doing this insane stall that he like goes up 16 feet stalls and drops in. It's inc- He makes it look like it's easy and it's incredibly hard. But this kid drops in from like 17 feet, like 16, 15 feet just drops in. And this dude's like sponsored by a bunch of people. He's 12, right? He's 12 years old doing shit that I don't think I could ever do even if I practiced. Like, I'm not even just saying practice, like, oh, two times a week. Like, I, I put my 10,000 hours into it. Like, I don't think I could ever do what he, this kid's doing. And he's just, dro- he drops in this bowl. And I'm sitting there because I wanted to get, like, a higher up view at one point. And my friend was going, yo, why don't you go sit over there? And I'm like, yo, good idea. Let's go. So I'm sitting up there and I'm getting this great footage of everybody. And I'm waiting for this kid because he's 12 and he's about to do this Mondo drop. And he just, in. And I got it. And this dude, this kid's dad, this kid's like a borderline pro already. Like Tony Hawk was a pro at 14. This kid could be a pro tomorrow, if not already, technically now. This kid's dad's like, hey, you got that shot? I'm like, yeah. He's like, could you send it to me? He's like, I know the guy that you know that works here. He's like, can we just hook it up that way? I'm like, yeah, dude, absolutely. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to go home and look at the little bit of footage I have. It's not there. And I was like, I, like, I didn't even care about getting the credit of being like, oh, look, I got this Mondo shot. This kid is going to be a future pro. Like that didn't. I didn't care about that. And I got the credit for it. Like it was just, I wanted to see my footage get posted by somebody else somewhere. Like that's all that mattered to me. I just don't have it. I got to go back to the footage and see, cause I got to send my friends some photos cause I took some photos of him and shit, but just, just, I was upset, man. I was rather upset. It was cool though. I look forward to doing it again. I hope they do more stuff with pros because I'm absolutely going to go film more pros. But let me know what you guys uh, did last weekend in the comments below. It's all I really have for you this week. I love you very much. Thanks for hanging out, sticking around. My name is Vince. The intro music is by the one and only Shane Ivers. It's called Feather Duster. Silvermansounds.com slash free music for all of his heaters. Check them out if you get a chance. Link in the description to the Patreon. Thank you again to the Patreon, the Redbubble, if you want to help in a smaller monetary way. My Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, the show's Twitter. A bunch of other fun links like to my Twitch. Make sure you check it out. I love you very much. 
Be fun, have safe. I love you, and I will be seeing you very, very shortly. Bye, everybody. Bye. Why did I do that? You know, 240 episodes, and like I still don't know how to like outro something. I guess it's just the one thing you never learn how to do. Like growing up. Wiping your ass. Alright, I gotta end this. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Goulman Entertainment Production.